Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Joe Dillon, and he's here to talk about his journey in wholesaling. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only app you'll need for wholesaling, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So if you're interested in joining me in that journey, please let's connect on Instagram, steve.trang. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, please give me some thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for the show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. Don't forget this is a live show, so please post your questions and Joe will be happy to answer. You ready? Ready to go, my man. All right, all right. So what got you into real estate? So, uh, yeah, I was actually flipping cars, okay? Yeah. So, you know, man, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. So, like, ever since I was young, uh, when I was, like, 14, mm -hmm. you know, I used to go to – my parents are from Peru. Okay. So I went there. I bought, like, $7, like uh, – because Lacoste was made in Peru. Mm -hmm. I bought, like, $7 Lacoste shirts, you know what I mean? And uh, – <laughs> And we came back and flipped them for like 40 bucks. I would do that like 30 times, you know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, I've always been an entrepreneur. So like I, as soon as I got out of college, I um, I tried to do the job thing and I was like, dude, this is not working. Yeah. All right, I'm an entrepreneur. Right. <laughs> and so um, I started flipping cars. Mm -hmm. So as I flipped cars, and I did that for about a year or so, right? And man, like cars are so much work. And right. uh, and I would make like maybe fifteen hundred bucks or like two thousand dollars for like weeks of hard manual labor. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, through that, I was doing that with a partner. Okay. And uh, and through that, I met. Um, basically, we, we were we were at my cousin's house one day. Mm -hmm. And uh, through that, I met um, I, I met my partner to be, who told me what he was doing. Right. And, right. and he was uh, basically uh, doing wholesaling. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, getting off the ground, you know what I mean? And uh, and I was really intrigued. Well, kind of as the universe had it, like we ran into each other, you know, just kept running into each other. Mm -hmm. And um, and pretty soon I was like, you know what? Like, I need to, I need to probably make that move, right? Right. And, um, you know, so I hit him up and now we basically joined up and he told me what he was doing and I was like, all right, well, this is what I can do. Boom, 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 boom. We started like mapping out. I remember, I still remember that day put a whole game plan, the whole vision. And um, we have a lot, we have very different strengths. And so like we were able to really come together right. and just explode the, the business, right? What so year was this? This was uh, 2014. 2014, yeah. okay, so five years ago. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, five years so ago. So you connected with him. Yep. And you guys started working together. So yep. his business we was started, already up and running. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was already up and running. Uh, you know, it was, um, you know, was, weren't doing anything crazy, but like, right. you know, kind of getting started. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, you know, just a lot of hustle, man. A lot right. of hustle. I remember hammering the phones, like, you know, I remember this this one win uh, winter day. It was like snowing, and we were just, you know, we were just so dedicated. We, we still went all of, all of us to the office and just cold call, cold call, cold mm -hmm. call. You know, a um, lot of hustle, right? A lot of hustle. Uh, started on just a little bit of direct mail too, and um, and yeah, we really st we started to started to really see uh you know some some growth mm -hmm. and um and 
then we hit kind of like a, a plateau, right? And we didn't get any deals for like five months. What market was this in? DC. DC. This okay. is when we started. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we started in DC, and um, and yeah, I mean, so it was uh, it was definitely a hell of a journey, right? I remember like what's we cool got a we got we got a, a comment, and this is this is not fun. Okay. Uh, they're they're saying the gum is distracting. Oh, <laughs> I apologize. Sorry about All that. All right. Okay, go ahead. Appreciate Continue. appreciate that. Whoever said that. So, um, so yeah. So basically, where was I? Where was I? Um, well, you're going. Um, it was five month plateau. Yeah. Yeah. I remember telling. So it was actually me, uh, my partner, and another partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I remember telling the other partner, I was like, man, like, sometimes when and you know there might be people that are relating to this right now. But sometimes when you're like, uh, when, when you don't get a deal for a, a while, mm-hmm. you're like, uh, you feel like the whole world is falling apart, right? And you're like, right. shit, is this gonna actually end up working? And I remember telling my my other partner, uh, his name was Daryl, but I remember telling him, I was like, dude, I'm gonna look back on this moment and I'm gonna I'm gonna smile, right? Cause right. I'm like, yeah, we were we were just hammering the phones for months, you know what I mean? Months mm-hmm. and months. And uh, we didn't get any deals, you know. Right. So, um, so anyways, yeah. So that that was that was the grind, you know what I mean. I kind of missed that, but uh, but yeah, basically that's kind of how we, we we started getting started. So yeah. So, um, you talked about uh, some of your struggles, right? It took five months. So what was the struggle, or what exactly? You know, you guys were cold calling. What did you guys do to overcome that struggle? Did you guys do anything different, or it was just yeah? So basically, there was a uh, there was a point in time where we we took a step back from new mm-hmm. lead generation yeah which i always recommend right um let's say if you have if you're if you're a little bit more comfortable than like all right i don't have money to buy groceries mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're a little bit more comfortable than that i always suggest taking a step back to systemize the business a little bit more mm-hmm. so you have more of uh, more more power overall overall right and so we took a step back um and we structured it a little bit more um as opposed to just you know and it was kind of like still kind of like messy right because we were still getting started we still kind of right. didn't know what the hell we were doing so <laughs> but um but uh yeah so essentially we were we were doing that and uh, we, we took a step back and we started to structure it, mm-hmm. okay? Because before, it was like everybody was doing everything, you know? It was like I was doing dispositions, he was doing dispositions, I was doing acquisitions, he was doing acquisitions. You know what I mean? There was no division of labor. There was no structure in place, you know? Yeah. And um, and really, like, uh, really like what I've come to realize is, like, you know, just like any business, like really building a business as opposed to just trying to f- find deals, yeah, right? Which is two completely, completely different mm-hmm. things. 100%. And uh, we took a step back also, like I I, uh, I came in with marketing, you know, a little bit of marketing background. And so I definitely created a tool for us that we could analyze our marketing, mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest things, right? Um, so basically I help a few people, um, you know, kind of scale their business, but basically the things that I always teach is, is uh, for the four stages of marketing, right? Which is planning, okay? Who are you gonna target? Mm-hmm. How are you gonna hit them, right? And back in the day, like everybody was doing direct mail, right? All right. Um, and so, you know, obviously we were doing that too, uh, but we were one of the first people to start cold calling, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Cause like, man, I remember like 
so many times. Like this would, this would like people that are just getting in the game will be like, I can't even fathom this. But so many times we would talk to people that we cold called and they would tell us consistently, man, I got a stack of postcards on my desk, right? Right. Stack of postcards, hundreds of postcards. I've never received a cold call before. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And so we started to, um, we noticed that we, we tripled down on, on mm-hmm. cold calling, right? Obviously, right? Yeah. And um, that's what I always share with everybody. Like, you want to get where investors aren't, right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's not the case right now, right? Everybody and their mother's cold calling. So right. um, it's, a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, but you got to stay ahead of, got to stay ahead of the pack, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we took us, like, like I said, back to your question, we took a step back. You're saying, you were asking me like, okay, what was the real difference? We mm-hmm. took a step back, we structured it. All right, you know, you're gonna do acquisitions, you're gonna do, you know, uh, building cash buyers list, build a dispositions list. Um, you're gonna do marketing, for example, right? right. So division of labor um, and strategic marketing, you know? So we would, like I said, I, I built this tool that we could actually analyze and we could plan our marketing. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people are just trying, they're basically throwing shit against the wall, right? Um, but yeah, so basically one of the uh, one of the things that we did was that over in DC, and it's probably like this in a few other markets, w- there's a lot of development that goes on and with uh, strategic, like very specific development, with that comes a lot of opportunity. So for example, analyzing certain zoning codes to where, hey, there's a single family home on this property right now, mm-hmm. but it has the lot size, right? And uh, the zoning to where you can build up, you know, maybe one or two more levels and you can turn it into two or three condos, right? And so those were our, those were some of our, our biggest, biggest hitters, right? Yeah. We've had several, we had several, several six figure assignments in DC. Um, That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, you know, that's, uh, but that came from analyzing the zoning, right? Kind of mm-hmm. like learning that. And uh, we, I remember, man, there was this guy, guys, follow-up, oh my gosh, follow-up is so key. Like that's where 90% of your your business is gonna come from, mm-hmm. right? There was this guy that I knew, like I knew he was in, you know, the, the situation, the perfect situation, but he was just, he just felt defeated, you know? And I feel like that's a lot of uh, the homeowners, you know, in that situation, which is, again, I, I love homeowners, I love being able to serve, right? in that situation because they feel like, they feel like, like you're, you're, you saved them, mm-hmm. you know? Because this, this poor fellow, I still remember him, his name, his name was Reggie, right? Reggie Pegram, <laughs> uh, out in DC. And uh, he was just gonna let it go. He was just gonna let, let the property go, right? And he owed, he only owed 70,000. Wow. And so in DC, right? For those of you who know DC, <laughs> That's uh, that's nothing. You, you, I literally couldn't buy anything in DC for seventy. I would buy anything in DC for seventy. So, ended up um, getting that property under contract, and you know, uh, after we analyzed it, we're like, wow, this is a phenomenal deal, phenomenal deal. So, uh, we actually ended up selling that one. I believe it was uh, for two hundred. Yeah. And so, and and because he was just an awesome, guy, like we gave him. You know, we gave him uh, extra on that one. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> we actually ended up getting two more properties from from that person, and they were both they were both large assignments. Right. You know, 
Yeah. So you were talking about um, when we were, we were talking before, like you, so you started in 2014. At some point, you guys were doing a lot more volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So like yep. your biggest month ever, you guys did. Yeah, about half half a million. Half a million. Okay, yeah. so what was what was going on to get you guys to that level? Yeah, so that's when we started to structure. So I would say 2014, you know, kind of getting, getting it off the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Still testing a lot of things out. 2015 was kind of like our... We, we called it like our uh, our mistake year. Mm -hmm. uh, we made a lot of money in 2015, but we also spent a lot of money, right? And you know, for those of you listening, look, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you what year what the top line is. Mm -hmm. Don't get you know don't get caught up in what people you know say nowadays. But it doesn't matter what you what the top line is. It matters what the what the bottom line is. You right. know, and so we, we ended up spending a lot of money, um, and we made hiring errors, you know, marketing campaign flops, you know, uh, inconsistencies. Uh, there was just a, l a lot of things that we did and that we learned, um, oh, you know, over the course of the year. But um, what kind of like back to what I was saying, the biggest thing that the biggest thing that propelled us was structure, mm -hmm. right? All right, this is how we structure the business and proper delegation, right? Um, and so, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, I help, uh, I help some investors now, but, but really like the, the biggest thing is like help them how to I'm th help them build a business, right? you know, a real business, not as opposed to just getting deals. And so having structure, having systems, having processes and hiring the right people. So we, you know, as anybody, as anybody who's concerned about the bottom line is mm -hmm. when we started hiring people, I, th oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, we put the ad out of like, I think like. 10 or 12 bucks an hour, mm -hmm. right? Somehow expecting to get a, a rock star, not, a, not expecting, but like we didn't really know any better, right? Right. And so obviously the caliber of people that we attracted with that was obviously subpar, right? Right, and so, uh, 100%. Yeah, and so. Especially in the DC area. Oh my gosh, You yeah. can't live off $12 You can't, you can't do anything. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I remember the, the caliber of people and it was like, um, it was kind of like us, and it was a huge division between, you know, the owners and the employees. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because um, just because obviously, like, you know, we, we didn't we didn't want to like pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, obviously we changed that, changed the conversation structure. Mm -hmm. um, we started really reaching out to our personal network. Right. Um, if you guys are whoever's building a team, uh, read the book Who. Who's a phenomenal book? Who is an Who is an amazing book? Definitely amazing book. Um, and you know, one of the things that it teaches there's about is sourcing, selection, uh, retention, right? So basically, all about people and how to attract A players to your team. Yeah. And the best, by far, by far, consistently, and I see this repeat in every business, a lot of different business owners, a lot of friends. By far, the best people that you're going to attract is in your personal and professional network, typically, mm -hmm. typically. Now, you can obviously get a, a rock star from like, a, you know, Indeed Post or something like that. But yeah. um, but still, we did that. We started reaching out to our personal and professional network. And, uh, you know, we, we started posting on social media a lot. And so, yeah, we just attracted, we started attracting right. those ca high caliber people. And I remember, like, we were like, man, we finally found our... We finally found our, our, our group, our mm -hmm. solid core, you know, and those people are actually still there today. So, yeah. yeah. So at some point you transitioned, right? Like you part, you parted ways. Yeah. Yep. Um, so when was that? 
So uh, a few months ago, officially in November. No, no, I'm talking about like when you, you used to work with Raphael. Yeah, okay, okay. When was when was that? Uh, so that the, the whole time, the whole time, and then we've, uh, we've oh yeah, officially parted ways uh, November. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So then, what was your business looking like before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so getting there. So basically, as soon as we struck the business, we found our core people mm-hmm. doing you know regularly you know six figure months and you know the market, market we were in mm-hmm. tried to expand to baltimore that was our first uh that was our first attempt at, at expansion mm-hmm. and uh we, we kind of didn't know what we were doing still because mm-hmm. um w- you know we kind of just took a shot but you know in wholesaling it's it's way less risky to just expand into another market than it is to let's say flip in another market, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, it was—it's just this, your only risk is your marketing campaign, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the biggest thing is we were very strategic with our marketing campaigns, right? I tell people this all the time: wholesaling, not flipping or buying holding, but wholesaling specifically, is not a real estate business. It's a marketing business, right? Marketing and sales, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's kind of like was our expertise, right? Really, yeah. marketing and sales. And so. Um, and uh, and so um, oh, lost my train of thought. Let's see, you were asking. Well, we're talking about well, this, the, the um, you were expanding in the Baltimore. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, so that that we didn't like lose money, but yeah. we didn't make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But with for all the time, you know, for all the time invested, like it's not a uh, you know, it's not really right. Um, wasn't really worth it, you know. So then, what was the lesson learned there? Well, we need to be a lot more strategic about the the zones, like the specific neighborhoods that we're mm-hmm. hitting, right? And so, you know, we, uh, as we started to become more prominent on social media, right? We came under, I think we were at Dave Lindahl's. Dave Lindahl, you know, are you familiar with Dave Lindahl? I'm not. He's a no. multifamily, uh, basically, uh, he's a multifamily, I guess, uh, instructor. Mm-hmm. So he had an event down in Tampa. And um, basically in Tampa, we, uh, we met up with like, you know, uh, someone that was following us on social media. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, months after we kind of developed that relationship. Um, and because the the relationship was so awesome and the quality of the person was so was so high, mm-hmm. we decided to jump into Tampa, right? Yeah. And, but this time we did it a lot more strategically. So right. we, we got, we we got uh, relationships with investors that are already in the business in Tampa, mm-hmm. um, and asked them about the certain zip codes, right? Right. And we found commonalities within the, the zip codes. In addition, mm-hmm. we got access to the MLS, and we started really get, we started really really diving deep into the MLS, looking at specific uh, zip codes, looking at what properties are selling for, how much the spreads are on the MLS, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and off the MLS, right? Right. Um. And so we we targeted specific uh, specific zip codes in Tampa, boom, with the right people, with the right marketing, right? Because mm-hmm. we were testing out a lot. We were heavy in direct mail, and uh, so we we tested out consistently split testing, right? For those of you that are doing again that are doing marketing, you got to consistently split test to figure out what's working, right? Right. Um, I call it conscious business, mm-hmm. right? You got to understand your business as much as possible. Yeah. And so, um, so essentially, uh, yeah, so we, we, we hopped in, we jumped into Tampa and we had like a, 
like a uh, two thousand percent ROI. It was amazing. Wow. We were also jumping in at a great time, right? Yeah. Tampa, Tampa was when was it appreciating? This was uh, uh, beginning of twenty sixteen. Okay. Beginning of twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so, um, yeah. So that that snowballed, mm-hmm. and then um, again, like the main thing there is we really understood our marketing. So right. we understood, hey, what what postcards performing the best, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, we did a lot of, uh, of the Chris Chico postcard. Uh, I actually just met, just saw him a few, mm-hmm. few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, like the third notice kind of postcard. Right. And so, and what we also did though, was we split, we split tested that with uh, another postcard. So it's like an indirect postcard, which doesn't really say, Hey, I want to buy your property mm-hmm. versus a, uh, a direct postcard that says, you know, very clearly what you want to do, what your intentions are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what we found, right, through um, thousands and thousands of data points, is that um, they they both appeal to a different uh, different portion of your list, right? So right. you know, you buy a list, you skip trace it, you you know, you're 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 mailing that list, mm-hmm. or you're or you're targeting it in some way, RVMing, cold calls. Um, that extracts a different portion. Like there's, for example, there's some people. That will call you for this, for this, uh, this. I want to buy your your home mm-hmm. letter, let's say, and that definitely wouldn't call on the third notice postcard, right? right? And so, in that way, you're extracting all the juice from your lists, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to sending the same postcard over and over, right? Right. And so, what we would do, what I call uh, cycling, right? Mm-hmm. Market cycling, is uh, is we found that like the Chris Chico postcard was working phenomenal. Right. right, and that was our highest performing postcard. But we still wanted to extract the juice, right? Mm-hmm. So I would, um, so basically we would send, you make like, like a Chris Chico postcard, that very indirect, urgent notice type of postcard, uh, let's say for two months, mm-hmm. and then we would cycle it and send like a very direct, nice, professional letter kind of thing. Right. And in doing so, you're retaining the cost of not sending letters because letters are expensive, mm-hmm. not sending letters every month, um, but still extracting the juice from that. So like yeah. two months, one month, two months, one month kind of thing. Yeah, and that so, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so like it was, you know, we did a lot of a lot of really cool stuff with the marketing. Um, but, and this is, this is kind of a tip for, for everybody, but again, you want to get where, where investors are not, right? And so we had, you know, several lists that mm-hmm. were really working for us. But for example, like we had a, um, it was a very expensive list, but we would, we would, um, we would uh, get an owner occupied list and we would skip trace that list. And not a lot, of, first of all, not a lot of people do that, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's a bigger, broader list, right? And then we would see who came back as a different address. So essentially they weren't unoccupied, they were absentee in reality. Mm-hmm. And because nobody was skip tracing those, nobody was mailing the, the new address. Right. And that was one of our highest performing lists hmm. because because uh, nobody was, was, was hitting those guys, yeah. you know? By the same token, another example um, is you, you skip, you know, most people use like a, a batch skip tracing, right? right. 
um, you know, you get a list of 5,000 people, let's say, mm-hmm. you skip trace it, and you, and, you know, it comes back. Usually, industry standard is like 65 to 70% of the list comes back, mm-hmm. okay? So, two things here. One, I use, uh, I use this company called SmoothSkip, okay? So, mm-hmm. smoothskip.com, and they're able to run it twice. So, so they run it with a property address as well as the mailing address. So mm-hmm. they're able to get higher returns than any other batch, uh, batch company that I've seen. Um, so essentially, uh, they come back, let's say, with 80%, right? right. So out of those, uh, what did I say, 5,000? Out of the 5,000 people mm-hmm. that we targeted, that we sent to SkipTrace, 4,000 came back with updated addresses with phone numbers. But what happens to the other 1,000, right? Guess who's not skip tracing the rest of the other, that thousand? Most people. Everybody else. Right. Right. And so we, you know, you skip trace that, the people who don't come back, mm-hmm. right? Because most batch skip tracing, I think, is very similar. Yeah. You know, they're all using, you know, Delve Point in the back end or, or TLO, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but most of those, right? Um, will usually return the same kind the same similar data right yeah and so those thousand people that are not coming back there might be you know plus or minus a few hundred but chances are they're not coming back for the other ones as well mm-hmm. and so what you do is you manually skip trace those thousand right and then since no one has guess who's not calling those people right everybody, everybody else, else. <laughs> and so uh and so you know those are basically a few tricks to the trade. But yeah, you want to get where other investors aren't. That's how you win in a saturated market. Yeah. You know? Any other, any other ideas? Uh, Just as far as um, like things that you're knowing that are working really effectively. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So for example, (laughs) I've had a few people come to me. They're like, man, I set up an RVM campaign, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a ringless voicemail campaign. And uh, first of all, please don't make the mistake of, of uh, taking those calls live, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so so here's the thing, right? And uh, and you gotta understand. You basically gotta just gotta understand how how uh, marketing works, right? That's why I tried to um, to enlighten people that it's a marketing business, mm-hmm. right? Marketing and sales, right? Which we'll, we can get to sales in a second, you know. Um, but basically, just still talking about marketing. So I look at different marketing channels, right? Direct mail, RVM, SMS, you know, um, cold calls. And um, you, you really want to just understand how they work, right? So, for example, when you send out an RVM, most people are not gonna most most people I'd say don't listen to the RVM. Mm-hmm. They just see a missed call and they call back, right? Because sometimes you will see a you will see the missed call, mm-hmm. right? And when that call is being returned, um, that's probably one of the lowest quality leads, let's, let's call it uh, lowest ratio of quality leads. Mm-hmm. So that might be, of all the people who call back, that might actually be like a 2% uh, ratio of people right. that might actually be interested. Because like they see them as call, right? they're, they're gonna call back. Super low quality. So you gotta, you gotta kind of uh, play that, like you gotta understand that, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm not going to allow my team to take a 2% quality uh, call, right? right? I want to keep it at let's say 50 plus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe every, every other call, which is you know, direct mail is at, let's say, if you use a direct kind of messaging, 
Yeah. Uh, direct mail is, you know, anywhere from 50 to 60, 70% sometimes. So half the people call to bitch you out and half the people call well, <laughs> to, uh, you know, to, uh, to actually um, see what you got to say. All right. Um, with the third notice kind of postcards, it's usually a lot lower, anywhere from 20 mm -hmm. to 30%. And um, and so you got to just basically you, you got to play where it lays, you know what I mean? Right. And so I don't I usually don't push anything to, you know, I wouldn't push anything to my acquisitions team mm -hmm. unless it's like above 50 percent. Right. Right. And so what you do for RVMs, going back to RVMs, is you set up a system uh, where, you know, it basically it sends when they call back, it sends them to another voicemail mm -hmm. and says, hey, you know, it gives you the whole feel. Hey, this is hey, this is Joe Dillon. If uh, if you miss a, if you miss a call from me, chances are I'm giving you a call about a property that that uh, you may be looking to sell. Um, and you give the whole the whole pitch, right? Mm -hmm. If they're interested, right? If if you wanna if you want an offer on your home, if you want a cash offer on your home, press one. You press one, then it rings your team, right? right? And in that way, you kind of have like a buffer and mm -hmm. it filters out like you got a bunch of people calling you. And it just filters out the interesting ones. All right, yeah, I have friends that have done that, and it's made that mistake, and it's like, oh my god, I would never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first time we did that, our acquisitions guy was like drained. He was like, yeah. he's like, dude, what the hell did you do? <laughs> yeah, are we allowed to cuss in here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So I want to. So we talked about like back in November, you you were bought out, right? And yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're sure. you're Jonesing, you're getting back into it. Right. So I want to talk about, you know, since you've had this massive success before with yeah. a partner, yeah. um, you want to, you know, you're going back different markets. So like, I want to talk about like, you know, it's, you kind of have this blank slate that you can do it exactly how you want it. Cause you, you know, what worked before, mm -hmm. you know, it was disaster yeah. that you could not undo. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you're going to go back to, you're going to go to new market. What is the blueprint for you now moving forward to a new market? All right. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal question. So, um, so one, we got. I got to understand the the, the market. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to understand my my zip codes. I got to understand my neighborhoods. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's two ways that you can really you can really uh, like go about marketing and targeting. Let's say. Yeah. You can go about it by. And we we always had like debates on which one which one to go with. Mm -hmm. You can go by motivation, right? So like getting you know lists like uh, you know like like tax defaults, right? Like like probates, like foreclosures, right? Um, you can also go by by geography, right? Um, and so I would really do kind of like a hybrid, where I would be targeting both of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm a huge fan of list stacking, right? Uh, really? Yeah. So okay. you know, you know, what, what do you think about it? I mean, I've heard mo many people say that's some of their best, best, best lists. Oh, okay. Yeah. It sounded like you were going to disagree. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of list stacking. Uh, are huge fan. I'd like to say you weren't. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, dude. Huge fan. Massive, of massive. So Robert, okay. Robert Cypher is actually a good, really good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was looking for that dude for yeah. so long, right? And so because if you don't have that the list the the list management in Excel is just a freaking pain in the yeah. butt, right? Mm -hmm. So anyhow, um that's a way that's a really good way to like sniper target 
and then really get a high ROI, mm -hmm. right? So I would, what I would do is I would sniper, get a high ROI, close deals with low, lower costs, right? Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, you do that with, with list stacking. Yeah. Um, actually just did that with a buddy of mine and it turns out like 65% of his revenue was, uh, you know, someone that I'm helping, 65% uh, of his revenue was coming from like 7% of the entire records, right? Yeah. That's, when you find that out, it's like, whoa, it's like, you know, it's yeah. huge. So, um, so definitely jump in, right, list stack and target, right? Mm -hmm. So, so sniper so that I can get, start generating revenue, get a high, uh, high ROI. Or highest, Soon. at lowest hanging fruit. Right. And then, right, to kind of like test out the, um, the, uh, the market, right? Because mm -hmm. as much as you study and analyze a market, you're not really going to know it until you really start to get in there, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so that's, that's what I would do first, right? And really generate, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of income and then use that income to, uh, one. Okay. So it's basically like there's three, there's three aspects to the business There's marketing, there's acquisitions, mm -hmm. right? Which is, which I say acquisition starts as soon as people, as soon as you pick up the phone, uh, when someone is interested. Yeah. Okay. And then there's disposition. So as soon as you get a property in a contract, selling the property to an investor, if you're wholesaling, mm. if you're closing on the property, that's a different story, right? Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so I would get my marketing machine, make sure that, you know, start generating income and really systemize this marketing machine. So the biggest thing that I've seen, and a lot of people come to me, they're like, with the, the probably the biggest problem that people have nowadays is inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Deal flow inconsistency. Like I can't get my, 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 my months to be consistent. I can't get my, my deals to be consistent, right? And, uh, and man, I feel for them because like that's, like you're chasing the deal at that point, you yeah. know? And I've had so many people like, it's, fr it's stressful, dude. It's, it's frustrating, you know? Yeah. The way to consistent deal flow is one. Okay, so I actually, uh, I plotted out 13 macro facts. I won't go through each of them, but I uh, really analyzed this business and I was like, all right, what are the contributions? What are the contributing factors to mm -hmm. an inconsistent deal flow? And, um, you know, I broke it out by department, you know, marketing acquisitions, disposition. but the biggest thing, it's so obvious, but people don't do it. Consistent marketing, right? Just being consistent with your marketing. Right. And so, you know, that's number one, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a plan, right? And I have a VA that literally manages the, you know, I'll have a VA that literally manages the entire back end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll get to the point where all I have to do is like select what I want to target, all the property list manager stuff, all the Excel stuff, all the loading into the, the dialer, the, the sending to the direct mail company, right? Loading into the RVM software or SMS software, all that's done by the VA. So the biggest thing, and this is for me, it might not be for some of you, like, because I, I have, uh, you know, because I'm not like hurting for money, mm -hmm. right? That's, this is what I would do. I would set up the marketing machine yep. so that I could be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously go into it with, um, uh, with great people. Right. Yeah. And so find, find a killer, right. An acquisitions killer. Um, maybe someone who's been in the business before, but if not, I've found what well, I found great places to target people, obviously personal professional network, but, mm -hmm. um, specifically previous jobs, either uh, timeshare, like mm -hmm. people that have been in timeshare sales, mm -hmm. freaking phenomenal. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, car salesmen. Right. People. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people have success with car salespeople. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you do your research, you do, you start pulling data, right? Mm -hmm. So where would you pull data from? Okay, so a couple different places, right? Uh, I've We've had huge success with list source, right? Mm -hmm. and a lot of people try to cheap out. I've seen this time and time again. A lot of people try to cheap out on, on data. Yeah. It's not going to work. Dude. Right. It's not plus it's the and, foundation, and it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. You have to spend money one on good data and to skip trace it. So you right. got, really got to spend money, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's you know, it, it's definitely a list source. Um, the county you can get a lot of free data from the county, but I, I like list stacking it because a lot of that is uh, a lot of those are people without equity. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I do like a fifty percent uh, equity and unknown equity on list source, and then um, and then also I'll. Uh, Oh, this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll make it very broad. Mm -hmm. Like uh, this is just on, on another little tidbit on list source. For example, some people like to do years of ownership, but if you don't, if you don't do years of ownership, right. Um, which you shouldn't because I'll, I'll explain it in a second. So basically when you purchase a list with like, let's say you say 15 years of ownership, right. It's going to remove all those unknowns. Mm -hmm. And the unknowns, usually it's like, you know, uh, older folks, right? People, maybe, maybe there was like an older system in place. And mm -hmm. so all the, you know, all the data from maybe 1984 and before was, uh, was wiped out or something like that. Right. Right. And so that's gold too. And again, mm -hmm. we've like, we were tr like, I was, we were tracking fiends. And so we would track every part of the business. And so that's how I know all these little things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so list source for sure, go to the county, um, get evictions list, right? Uh, tax delinquent list. Um, and then, you know, all those other lists, right? Pre foreclosures, right? Uh, ideally probates. And again, one of the biggest things is list stacking. Right. For me. So, and so, uh, and for you guys that don't know, list stacking is basically finding all the different pain points mm -hmm. and there's multiple pain points. Then you got your stack. Yeah. Right. So you got the list stacking in place now, mm -hmm. right? So you're using Roy's service, right? Property list manager, property list manager, right? Robert, Robert, Robert. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So yep. property list manager. And now you got to skip trace it. Yeah. So what was skip tracing service would you use? Smoothskip.com. Smoothskip. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a coupon code. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's uh yeah. So I think on this, on the website, it's like, I, I forgot what it is, like 30 cents or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which is still worth it by the way, <laughs> right. but, uh, you know, it's 20, 20 cents. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's the keep on is elevate. It's yeah. just like, like elevate E L E V A T E. So for those of you who, who, uh, who want to jump in on that, yeah. um, and get good quality data at mm -hmm. probably the highest, that's the highest I've ever seen. They like, I've seen returns 90, like 6%. I've never seen that ever. Right. Ever. Like I've seen, you know, like literally on like a 10,000 list, they'll give you back 9,600, you know, uh, uh, addresses, right. Yeah. Updated addresses and phone numbers. I've never seen that before. Right. And so, um, you know, definitely go use that guys. Uh, and so private list manager, yep. Skip it. Um, and then how are you going to get hold of them? Okay. So for my hotter niche list, right. So for my stack, like my high stack lists, I'm going to hit those mofos from all angles. Right. Right. Because that's where the juice is. Mm -hmm. Right. That's really where the juice is. And I'm, you know, you manage them, you manage that, 
in property list manager, let's say, mm -hmm. right? You manage the opt-outs and like people who are, you know, said do not call me, right? Um, you, you manage all those in property list manager. Uh, for the bigger, broader lists, right? Mm -hmm. I'll do a low cost. Again, that's why I said play where it lays, right? So I'll do a lower cost marketing, right? Because it's not as targeted. And so I'll do something that I'll still, I'll still be hitting everybody, but it's not gonna be a uh, mailing piece, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's really expensive. Right. And so big, the one thing that I'm a big fan of right now is, is RVMs, right? Mm -hmm. So shooting out an RVM to that you know owner-occupied list, but I won't do it every month. Yeah. Again, playing where it lays, right? And so like, if you, if you were to see my marketing tool, it's like really freaking robust, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and it honestly gives most people a headache, but right. this is how you, one, you have consistency in marketing, but you also are super profitable, right? And you have very cost-effective, yeah. consistent, consistently cost-effective marketing campaigns. Uh, and so I would hit them like once every three months, let's say, a yeah. big, bigger, broader list, right? Um, and then, so yeah, I mean, I, I that's basically how I how I target it. Right? So, so you just would cut out the direct mail, in in the bigger, broader lists, right? All right. Okay. But I but I'll still like, so I'll kind of try to explain it. But basically, the tool that I have is like, I I always plan my marketing out by month. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically, it's like the tool that I have is like the lists are on the left, you know, the, and then the months are on the right mm -hmm. with the different marketing channels. I'm trying to explain this, but so hopefully people follow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with the different marketing channels underneath each month. Mm -hmm. So let's say we're in, what are we in, March? Mm -hmm. So I'll plan out April like two weeks before. And um, I'll say, all right, boom, direct mail, direct mail, right? RVMs, RVMs, RVMs. And I'll, and I'll line out, all right, who am I hitting from what angles? At the bottom of that, it gives me the totals. It also gives me the estimated leads based on my KPIs, which, mm -hmm. are, you know, guys track, 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 track. Okay, so you understand your business. If you don't track your numbers, you, don't, you won't understand your business, right? right? Um, and at the bottom of that, it'll pop out, okay, your estimated number of leads as well as your total cost. Yeah. And so that way you plan out your campaigns by month. Mm -hmm. But there's also the next months, right? After that. And so you can even plan months in advance, right? So I'll plan, like I said, I'll do like a bigger, broader list from, um, I'll do a bigger, broader list like, like um, uh, let's say once every three months. Mm -hmm. And so I'll plan that out. I'll just put it on the, on the tool, you know? What's the name of that tool? It's just a tool that I, I, I create. It's just an, an Excel program. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I, I call it Marketing List Planner. So, okay. But so if now you reach out to me, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly just, for if you, you know, mention Steve Chang. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll shoot it over to you. Okay. So then you skip traced it and you're, you're attacking from all these different angles. At some point, someone's going to be cold calling, right? Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. how do you plan on acquiring acquisition people? Uh, for marketing? Or, I'm no, sorry, for, for cold for, calling? For cold calling. Okay. So... I actually consider, so we're, we're about to get into sales. Yeah. Uh, so again, like I said, you know, uh, wholesaling is marketing and then sales business, mm -hmm. okay? So uh, I know we're running a little over right here, but um, so basically I actually consider cold calls marketing. Mm -hmm. The reason is because I, I divide the line, like again, where uh, I, wanna, I wanna push leads, interested leads to mm -hmm. my high level team. Cold calling for me, it's $10 an hour task or less. 
okay? It's because you'll be on the phone for two hours and you won't get a lead, right? right? No, no high level person is gonna wanna do that, mm-hmm. right? And so you wanna keep your high level people where they should be, okay? Um, and so basically for cold callers, um, a lot of people said, and, and I agree, like people try to outsource cold calling to, to the Philippines, to, mm-hmm. like, to like VAs from the Philippines, which can, can work. It has a higher probability of not working because um, just they don't understand the culture, you know, this language barrier, things mm-hmm. like that, right? And so what a lot of people are doing now is they're, they're hiring people from, let's say, Latin, like the Latin American countries mm-hmm. um, who, you know, definitely understand a little bit more, like they understand sarcasm, for example, you know what I mean? Right. And for whatever reason, like that was never really, uh, that wasn't really uh, working, for example, like that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen like with mm-hmm. the cold callers from the Philippines. Um, now, our best cold caller though was from the Philippines. Yeah. So that's, so, you know, just like nothing's almost, almost nothing is ever absolute. Right. You know? Um, but essentially, yeah. So a good company though, that is, uh, that's actually, um, that you can find good cold callers on is Outbounders as well. Mm-hmm. Outbounders. Yeah. So, um, they they also have like, um, basically cold callers and like, um, Latin American countries and things like that. And I think all over the world yeah. that you can, that you can basically like hire kind of like an Upwork kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, um, uh, if you have a little bit more money to spend, right? Um, like services like lead miners, right? You familiar with lead miners? Nick or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick, Nick Nicholas, yeah, yeah. He's a good friend too. And then uh, Carl's, and, you know, my, my buddies Carl's and stuff. They they actually just uh, um, have have a cold calling company as well. All right, Carl's. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, they were. I, I mean, I had a few people using them. They were just pumping out leads, so they're right. doing well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're a little bit more on the expensive side. So if you can afford them, definitely go with them. Yeah. yeah for sure. Okay. So, um, you know, um, with your, with your, what was your time frame for, for, for expanding or for starting back over? For starting back over. Oh, okay. Let me, by the way, let me just kind of just finish. So basically, yeah. We, <laughs> I'll just kind of uh, loop back and, yeah. and come full circle with the story. So basically, we ended up moving down to Tampa, mm-hmm. right? So we had you know a lot of success in DC, and kept it running in DC. Yeah. And then, but we actually uprooted and and came to Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, brought all the employees and everything, right? Lower right. cost of living, better weather, like all this good stuff. So I still lower taxes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No state income tax. Right. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I'm thinking about moving to Cali, but. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Complete opposite with uh, with the taxes, but we'll we'll see. I think I'm gonna have to talk to my CPA about that. But, yeah. um, but anyway, so and uh, so yeah, we ended up moving there, and then you know we expanded to you know two more two more markets as well, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know by then we were like in four different markets and uh, anywhere from like sixty to one hundred twenty k a month per market, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, that's kind of where we uh, we were so. Yeah, but as far as time um, frame, like getting back into it. So yeah, so basically, about five months ago, I sold my ownership of that business, mm-hmm. and then now I am uh, I'm probably gonna jump back in in like the next two months or so. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's pretty exciting cool. stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely keep us posted on the, on that progress. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. So what's the greatest lesson you've learned? 
real estate or life <laughs> life yeah man i um all right i'm about to get real for a second all right so um so, uh sometimes you know uh things just don't work out the way that we want them to mm-hmm. but in reality like we we have so much of uh like as human beings we're control freaks mm-hmm. like we want everything to go our way well of course right right and this mind right here is a is a as a mf mm-hmm. <laughs> right like yeah. it never shuts up right it mm-hmm. always has preferences but by the way if you haven't read the book the untethered soul have you ever read that book i have not amazing book man mm-hmm. amazing book but anyway sometimes things don't don't pan out the way that we that we would want them to uh at least the way that we we prefer to go yeah but in reality i i fully believe like um you know i i absolutely believe in in god i believe in a higher power right i believe that there's like laws of the universe that that like conspire to help you mm-hmm. and and when you're when things might not seem to go your way in reality it's just paving the way for something greater mm-hmm. right uh and, and in addition to that like um basically the biggest lesson that i learned is to this is going to sound super uh we're talking about life right now, right, right talking about life so the biggest lesson that i've learned is to this is going to sound so corny but it's so freaking true and real is like I've learned to love myself. Okay, because mm-hmm. um, you know, I was in. For me personally, this is just my perspective. Uh, I was in an environment that didn't really serve me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I allowed myself to be there, right? Right. And it wasn't until I hired a personal mentor that, like, really, really, like, like. Uh, they really introduced me to myself. Interesting. And, um, and you know, through that, I learned how much of a, uh, of a powerful leader that I am, how much of a, of a, a positive, influential person that I am. And, um, you know, because of that, I... You know, and and I'll be vague here, but I'll, I'm being vague for a reason. But it, the the point is the concept; it's not the the specifics, mm-hmm. right? Right. But I was in an environment that didn't serve me, like I said. And mm-hmm. when I, once I developed that self awareness, which led to self respect, which led to self love, mm-hmm. I decided that hey, I actually this environment is not right for you. Mm-hmm. You know. And I took a monster leap of faith, right? A Mm -hmm. monster leap of faith. And that's when the universe rewarded me. Yeah. I started seeing so many blessings, right? Right. And, And the biggest blessings were not external. They were internal, right? A sense of peace serious inner peace is something that's so coveted that like you like you like almost nobody has that nowadays 
And it's crazy because like I'm on a mission. Like I, you know, my, I, I when I visualize my future, mm-hmm. um, so like I do meditation, which is one of the biggest game changers of my life, right? So I've been doing it consistently for uh, about a few years now, but um, really, really, really consistently for just about a year. Um, but, but, and when I do my visualizations, like what I'm like, my future consists of is sharing my story and, um, and, and really helping people master themselves and love themselves, mm-hmm. right? As corny as that sounds, like that's what's gonna change the world, yeah. you know? Because to be honest, guys, for everybody listening, we have enough of, uh, of the achievement-oriented world, right? This is, we have enough of that. Mm-hmm. What we are starved of we're starved of inner peace. We're starved of real connection. We're starved of of uh, of, uh, of community, right? Yeah. We're starved of real social experiences, right? Because we're all so freaking distracted right now, mm-hmm. and we're so far off. Like it's we live in the social media, like instant gratification, like you know. If I don't get 200 likes on my picture, I'm gonna feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. World, yeah. Like how freaking ridiculous is that? You know what I mean? Now, yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, I fully believe that there's hope, but I, you know, that's kind of like what I am in the future gonna be dedicating my life right. to, um, and really in the entrepreneurial space first, because a lot of us are chasers, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of us don't even know why we're chasing. Or maybe we're chasing for a sense of self worth. Right. Maybe we're chasing because, you know, we had childhood issues and uh, this is the only way that we can get away from it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, when you develop that deep sense of self-understanding, self-awareness, you will live life from a completely different aspect. Yeah. You know? And so I take that approach, right, when... Uh, and you know, I, I take that approach in business. So basically, like the Antelope Talk talks a lot about um, like surrender, right? Mm-hmm. It's back what I was talking about, like like surrender to the outcome. Yeah, we have control over our actions and our attitude. Nothing else. Right. It's true. And like even just even just uh, <laughs> even just today, right? Um. So my Uber got there late, like really late, mm-hmm. right? To come here. Right. And I was like, I was like, man, like, I, you know, I, I want to get 30 minutes to talk to Steve before, like, so we can, you know, shoot this shit and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, so we can kind of just get to know each other a little bit more. Right. Right. And what, what is that? What do you usually do? Right. You know, most people, what most people usually do. Freak oh, out. Freak out, get frustrated, you know, and does that, does that help any? Ever. Does that ever help? No, it does nothing for you. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. And so um, I've learned to, and I, you know, by f- I definitely have miles to improve on it, mm-hmm. but I've learned to kind of surrender to that process, right? Yeah. But also learned to own my, this is kind of going, uh, another piece to it, but basically like 
you said what's the, what's the biggest thing I learned is um, kind of going back to that question is to love myself yeah. who I am to own my gifts right to own my gifts and to use my gifts to contribute back to the world right and so I've been doing a little bit of that the past few months yeah and um, it's been absolutely amazing it's That's- been absolutely amazing that's awesome i think that's a great spot to end it so if uh, someone wants to get a hold of you yeah how would they do that yeah um i facebook so you can just search joe dylan mm-hmm. i actually right here right i think you tagged me i did um you know shoot me a friend request i think i think i have like 200 friends left until i hit the 5000 mark <laughs> yeah uh and um instagram joe dylan official right Joe J O E D I L L O N official. And um yeah, I mean those are the two platforms that I'm that I'm most on, you know. Um reach out to me. I'm I'm really an open book, guys. Um and you know, p- p- people that have been helping recently know that. Um yeah. I just love to I just love to freaking help people um not only improve their businesses, but most of all improve their lives. Like like some of the texts that I've received or like the, like, uh, like the things that people have told me. Yeah. There's nothing more fulfilling than that. than than having someone say, Hey bro, like you've changed the course of my life. You know, I've had yeah. someone tell me like, dude, like you, you, you see like the things that you've taught me, like you've saved my marriage. Well, wow, that's awesome. You know? And so, um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of like where I'm going to be heading towards in the future. Yeah, kind of the distant future. Like, um, you know, I'll be the next Tony Robbins or something. Like, so we'll see. <laughs> so we all want to do. We all want to be. So, yeah, all right, man. guys, that's the end. So, thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you. Yeah. That's that Absolutely, was awesome, man. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother.